Welcome to Well Played Podcast, a podcast on all things playful and joyous. In this podcast, we are committed to bringing you all there is to know about playful learning and teaching. Today, I'm joined by an unlikely guest. His name is Dan Crawford. Dan is the owner of a local board game store and is here to talk to us about using, uh, well, really like getting into games, I guess. Uh, Dan, if you want to introduce yourself, that'd be great. Uh, my name is Dan Crawford. Uh, I'm co-owner of Titan Games here in Peoria, Illinois. Um, we have two other stores, one in Champaign, Illinois, and one in Springfield, Illinois. And uh, we are committed to getting people into board gaming. Which is like the entire topic we have today. Uh, Dan and I figured that seeing that it's just before summer here, or some, some teachers are already on summer break, uh, we thought we could use this time to maybe get you guys into board gaming. Uh, or tabletop game, it doesn't have to be board games per se, but this idea of, you know, bringing people back around the table, play these with your kids, your friends, whatever, maybe it'll lead you into some ideas for the school year. Um, I want to give one disclaimer here before we get too far into the uh, podcast. I know many of you probably drop out in terms of listening to this podcast somewhere right around now. So hopefully you're still listening, because today at the end... There's going to be some instructions about two giveaways, so stick around for that. Uh, all right, so let's let's dive in. If if somebody was going to walk into your shop and say, "Boom, I, I've heard, I've been listening to this podcast where this guy tells us we should play some games. I don't own any games, haven't played a game since I was a kid. Uh, what might you lead them to?" first uh so there's a long list of great gateway games um to get people into playing board games uh a couple of them that i really enjoy or direct people to immediately are like settlers of Catan, um ticket to ride isle of sky i mean these are rhino hero these are just uh games that are not terribly long to play i mean you can play all of them in roughly about 45 ish minutes and uh they're not overly complicated into teaching how people how to play or getting them into the games and they're all fantastic games to play nice uh so i mean on some of those i've, I've played many of those games uh they're they're just plain old good fun so ticket to ride uses some i'm gonna say quote unquote newer mechanics it's an older i mean depending on your time frame here it's an older newer <laughs> game um I mean, maybe we just briefly should say that, that like board games have had kind of a resurgence, haven't they? Kind of oh. a re like a renaissance. Yeah, so board gaming right now is probably at the height of its uh, career, so to speak. I mean, there is uh, more popularity in board gaming than we've seen in a long time, probably more so than the last 20 years, I'd probably say, um, with the uh, uprising of board game clubs and schools and uh, board game cafes and it, just a lot of people are getting into board gaming and gaming in general. So and and uh, I think Settlers of Catan was considered sort of the sort of grandfather of all of the the, the resurgence. This this designer board game that was made out of Germany um, yeah. used, used some different mechanics and different things than than we were used to here in the states. Um, where we kind of just use the roll and move around the edge kind of mechanic. Yeah, I would agree with that, that uh, Settlers kind of paved the way um, of this new form of board gaming uh, outside of our traditional board gaming that we were used to, like your Monopolies or Saris 
kind of uh, reinvented the wheel, so to speak. Uh, it's easy enough that anybody can get into it, um, yet it has different strategies and complications that as you play it, it it's nothing like your traditional board game. And, and that is, you know, something that has helped a lot. That's really what I've loved about the new ones. And that's really about when I started to play again was, I don't know, 2000 something, 2005, 2007. Somewhere in there is when I started to get back into board gaming. And Settlers of Catan was one of the first ones I picked up. And what I noticed right away, and, and this is true really for almost all the games we're going to suggest today, is that, uh, one, that it, it, it goes much quicker. Like a, It's not like Monopoly that's going to take your whole weekend kind of thing. It's We can condense it into an hour, 45 minutes. I mean, there's games that run from 15 minutes to about like 90 minutes. These are really good games that we're going to kind of suggest here. And the other thing I noticed is you're kind of always involved. There isn't this, like, now it's three other people's turns and I can sit here and text on my phone kind of thing. You're absolutely right. Uh, there is constant involvement from everyone. Uh, you not only have to pay attention to what everybody else is doing, but when they're doing things too, it usually involves you. To where your traditional monopolies, you're just kind of like, sit there, wait, hope that somebody lands on one of your spots because that's your only interaction, and, and that, that's pretty much it. So it is a lot different. All right, so in that, now that we've sort of recapped that, uh, you had mentioned some, t you know, Ticket to Ride, Settlers of Catan. Uh, what what makes both of these games ones you would suggest kind of right as somebody walks into the door? Um, so they're games that uh, anybody can pick up. They're, the rules are simple enough that you can teach it to most people uh, right away without a problem. Uh, it, it flows really well. Um, the interactions are, like you stated, I mean... Everybody is doing something at some type, like especially in Settlers of Catan, when you're you're getting your resources, you're also giving other people resources. So it's the interactions are are usually what draws me to them, and then also how easy they are to teach to people. So how easy they are to play. They're sure. not overly difficult. I mean, ticket to ride, you're just fulfilling train routes, so you're traveling across the United States. Uh, or other maps, depending on which ticket or ride version you're playing, and you're just fulfilling your train routes. It's very simple, but um, the strategy of taking your routes before somebody else takes your routes, I mean, is, is there. You have to uh, get your trains down before somebody else does. So it's pretty interesting. Yeah, so these, I mean, I will say I've played both of those, and they are totally worth picking up for your summer sort of fun PD if you want. Um, Another one that you suggested was Rhino Hero. I actually have not played this one, but I've only heard good things about it. So Rhino Hero takes two traditional games that we're used to. They take like Jenga and Uno, and they put them together. So you have a hand of cards. Mind yeah, that's crazy, because it's a card game too. So to think that you have this card game that turns into Jenga is crazy. So uh, you have your hand of cards that have uh, your typical Uno um, you have like your skip, draw to, reverse, and then you have one that has a little rhino on it. And so what you do is you build these like walls and then you play your uh, your cards on top like a roof to each level. And then you move this rhino throughout this tower of cards that you're building. And so the goal of the game is to be out of cards first. But what most likely happens is if somebody knocks down the tower, then everyone else wins the game. But uh, it's very fast-paced and really <laughs> that easy to play. Sounds awesome, and I can see, I can really see kind of like the the energy that would be created around the table because you're all invested. You're watching them awesome. like try to move the rhino in the tower. 
yeah, lots of cheering, lots of like, you know, yelling. Like it's very, very fast paced and it's very easy for anyone to pick it up, but it's a great game. To, nice. To is that one by Haba? It is a Haba game. Um, well, I think they, that's a great, I just want to suggest to people, that's like a great company, especially if you have younger kids. I mean, this sounds like it's probably for younger kids, but it sounds like it could be just yeah, super yes. fun to play like anywhere all the time. But uh, that, that company is a really good one to look into if you have kids that you're trying to get into gaming. I, I do a lot of Haba games with my daughter uh, when she was, you know, three, four, five, and still now at seven, she's loving a lot of the Haba games. Yeah, they, they do a great job for uh, family games that you can play with your, I think they start as early as like three, and, the, and they just go to question marks. I mean, they span like the whole age. Rhino Hero, I believe, is for like four and up, but uh uh, I see people of all ages playing it, including myself. I mean, it's just crazy excitement. And those two games are so very different. And to put them together in one game is very unique. So. Yeah, and that's like a thing, you know, kind of on a side note. I mean, I know this is all about tabletop gaming and like we're trying to get you into tabletop gaming. But something to kind of remember when you're building out game mechanics for your classroom or for your lesson is just what they did here in Rhino Hero. They like took two under two things that they like we all know and we all love and kind of just smashed them together into one and created something new. So, you know, something to think about when you're designing your lessons. Uh, all right. So we got Rhino Hero. We got Sellers of Time. We got Ticket to Ride. You know, the shopping cart's getting filled. We, uh, now, uh, is there some, some other good spins? I know one that I really like is, uh, I'm a big fan of like hidden role games. So I know these are a little harder to learn, like not like super hard, but you'll take like your first game. You're going to be like, okay, I don't quite get it. Then like the second game, you're going to be quote unquote playing and really loving. Uh, but these hidden role games are, well, why don't you explain it then? You're, okay, you're, the, so... you're the, you're the pro man. <laughs> Sometimes uh, the hidden role games are some of my favorite games. It gives you a chance to, uh, play roles without anyone knowing who or what you're doing. And, and most of the time it's a, uh, a deduction. You're trying to figure out who's on your team or who's not on your team or what your goal is compared to their goal. Um, some of these games like uh, Coup, where you get to play, you have two different roles down in front of you, but you can take the actions of any role that's in the game. And so a lot of times you're pushing your luck. You're telling everybody you're a role that you're not. And if you get called out on it, well, you lose it's a little bit of, like BS. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Lots of BS. Like, right. that's favorite part of Hidden Roll Games is all of the BS. Well, I mean, like, the BS, the card game, right? Like, so when I'm putting yes. down, like, I have four aces or whatever. Exactly. Exactly. So, you're, yeah, you're, you're saying you're doing something that you may or may not actually be doing or having. Yeah, so down below, like, I might have the role of the governor, which allows me to, like, collect more stuff. Exactly. Right. Or I may not have the governor, and then I just say... As the governor, I'm going to collect taxes. Right. It, it's time to take this uh, these, this money here that I can obviously take because I am the government. That's so. right. And then the, the rest of the users have to be, or the rest of the players have to be thinking about, like, well, one, what roles do they have? Because if they're sitting there with two governor cards, the odds right. of me having it are pretty small. Because there's, there's, I believe, three of each. Yeah, there's the three basement. of each. That is and correct. then you're also, when anybody loses one, that becomes visible. So you have to look around yes. like, wait a minute, there's already a missing governor. I have two governors. That's totally BS. Like, for sure. <laughs> like, is that possible? This is not even possible. Yeah. Uh, and the roles like the, 
I can't remember the name of all the roles, but the one that lets you switch your roles, like uh, you can shuffle him away and the take ambassador. I think yeah, the ambassador. That's exactly what it is. And so you can get rid of a role to gain a new role. So you're constantly changing your roles throughout the game, or possibly if you're the ambassador. And this one is a good one to sort of you know drop in here, like while we're using these this these thick theme of like ambassador and you know governor or whatever it is. Um, Realize this this takes all of like 15 minutes to play. Oh, yeah. Very pa- fast-paced game. Like, uh, it, it does not take long at all. Yeah, so. if it takes longer than that, the only reason it would take longer than that is if you're all handing up your roles, which would only yeah. be a fun thing. You know, if I'm sitting exactly. here like, is he the governor? Like, so <laughs> maybe it takes 20, but like, it's because you're having a great time. That's right. You're just adding the thought process in. You're deducing everything. So. Yeah. That's, the, I love those hidden role games. And there's, a whole list we could tell you. Coup, I think, is a really good one um, to learn on uh, because I think there's a little more. I don't know. It's a good. Tr- I think it's a good trainer because there's a little more information that you have in front of you. Um, when it's, it's quick, it's small. I mean, uh, some of the other ones, you know, like we said, the resistance uh, is a little more in depth than Coup. It takes a little longer. Your um, the idea is the same kind of, but you're you're teams and you're sending people on missions so it's it's a little more convoluted yeah but uh you know if this sounds like something you like i mean things that i would suggest in it would be coup would be the resistance um what's the reskin of the resistance uh avalon avalon yeah that that's a that's a good one that actually adds a few more roles i believe when it's fantasy themed yeah Uh, little different theme added a few more roles um, Mafia de Cuba. Yeah, know. Mafia de Cuba is a good one. That one's um, fun. Comes in a little like pretend cigar box. It does. And then uh, along those lines, you get like the One Night Ultimate Werewolf or Werewolf, and you get like there's a whole franchise of those. I mean, there's I think six different werewolf games that are all very similar to like Mafia de Cuba, or I mean the Resistance or the Coup. I mean it's a hidden role game, but the Mafia de Cuba formula kind of follows all of those. They're just different themed. Yeah, so, I mean, like, you could totally dive into that. I know one that came out last year was Secret Hitler, or maybe it's two years ago now, I don't know. But um, that one's, like, super fun. Sounds kind of wonky there, but I got to say, I think they handle the whole, like, topic really well. I mean, you're either on one side or the other, so you either want the fascists to win or you want the uh, liberals to win. But... Uh, in that one, like I said, I think they handle it really well in that uh, they really show that fasc- each time that a fascist law gets passed, the fascists get stronger and stronger and like they can yes. look at people's like secret identities so they can kind of investigate you. They can like, well, they can, they can assassinate you actually. Yeah, on some at some point, there's an assassination. But what I liked about that is like as a history teacher, I didn't, I didn't feel bad about playing that with the kids because it really shows like you can see why governments may want to slide towards this because it did give them more and more power, but it obviously took more and more rights away from the individuals. No, so. you're, you're absolutely right. Like playing secret Hitler. Um, when you tell people about it, a lot of times they're very off put by the name, but as you, it is, it is very like correct when you play the game. I mean, it's very, it's not, I don't know. I, I assumed when the game first came out with a name like that and the people who made it, it was going to be crazy. But it's very governmentally correct. Like it's not. Yeah, I mean, you are you are uh, electing a chancellor and like it's yeah. it's pretty cool. Um, and a, and then a uh, president and a chancellor and yep. 
it's passing policies like it passing sounds policy. I mean, it, it, it's awesome and it's got all the same like trappings that we've talked about these other games that we don't know who's who and there's that fun element of like trying to deduce who's who uh, you got to figure out who's on your team some of the team members know each other in a lot of these hidden role games not not the coup that we explained but in a lot of them like the bad team will kind of know who the other bad team members are so they're able to kind of vote in alignment but then if you're paying attention to their votes you can start to figure out Who's who? I just love it, and it always produces crazy like ah moments that everybody <laughs> sort of erupts. And uh, these, also, I gotta say, most of the games that we just mentioned in terms of the hidden role are small games. So if you want to take them to a coffee shop or a bar or your classroom, like any, like they could, they travel really easy. Uh, so for you summer vacation people that are going places, throw one of these into your backpack too, because they travel I mean, well. And, and truthfully, most of them have like a great price point of under $20. So uh, they're affordable also. I mean, it's not sometimes, you know, in gaming, we forget that things can be priced accordingly. And these are actually very affordable for quick games that you can play with anyone. On that note, I want to say to you guys out there, knock it off about saying these things are expensive. Because uh, let's, I mean, like just for a moment. Well, I mean, I like Dan's point. These are great price point. You have no excuse. Pick them up. But for, let's say, a bigger one, let's say a ticket to ride being, you know, $50 or $40. Like if you go out to dinner, it's beyond $40. If you go to the movies with your kids, it's beyond $40. And it's a one-time experience. These are like, you'd be adding to your library, right? Like we shouldn't scoff at the fact that like you're adding fun into your library of fun for your friends and your family and your class, your classroom. Like that seems like really cheap when you're talking about like return on investment. And a lot of these games, the replayability is crazy. I mean, just because you play it once, I mean, you have a different outcome every time or, you know, with the different people you play, you get different experiences each time. So it's not so much of a, one and done like a movie i mean like when you go see a movie you're, you might talk about it you know for like a week after that but then it just kind of loses its luster to where like a lot of these board games i mean you can play them over and over and over and over again so it is an investment you know that's you get a lot out of you get a yeah, lot of return you totally do right like so i'm gonna say joi joy on investment like it's just kind of this endless joy because you can like i said invite your neighbor over play bring it to your classroom play take it on a vacation, go to the coffee shop, like whatever, like that movie, like you definitely got joy out of that. I like going to the movies, but it is, it is a singular sort of joy and experience. So, I mean, so I'd just knock it off about the price points of some of these things. Uh, we, we spend a lot of money all over the place, you know, sometimes on those little things like coffees, which I definitely drink a lot of, uh, <laughs> But, uh, you know, these are a worthwhile investment. And kind of on that note, while we're there, I'd love for you to sort of really point out what, like, the importance of a local game store is. I mean, I know the draw, the pull to, like, click click on Amazon or, you know, go on other web stuff. Uh, but, I mean, you guys definitely, I use my local game store a lot, and it's, it's a helpful place. Ah. I like to think that um, your local game store not only provides you an avenue for these games, but like my game store has tables to where you can just come in, you can play games. It doesn't cost anything. I know sometimes game stores charge like a small fee or uh, a library fee to let them use their library that they have of board gaming. But I mean, 
these, these places give you uh, an avenue to try things out. They also give you a place to meet people who are, are into these things or who can show you how to play these games or can introduce you to even more games. So it is a meeting place to kind of open up this world of gaming. It's not just a avenue to purchase. It's more of a community-building situation. So. Yeah, I mean, like, I feel like my local game store, or I have been to yours, like, I think of it as, like, a playful piazza, like, it's a place to come, it's a place to interact, there's always people, like, board gamers are, like, one of the friendliest communities I know, so, like, while you're looking around on the shelves, I swear somebody's gonna come up to you and say, like, that's a great game, you should pick it up, or, like, ooh, don't pick up that one, check this other one out, um, I even, even board game store owners, I gotta say, are really... I think genuine in that they're not like, well, I know. I mean, like I have literally been there holding like the $60 game and the guy telling me like, don't buy that one. Like it wasn't (laughs) as good as you think, you know? And then, and you know, like they, they sometimes like talk me into the $40 for like, they lost out on money. Like they could have sold that crap game, but they, they didn't. Well, I know like most game stores, including myself or game store owners, when I direct people to a game, if they didn't enjoy it, I've done a disservice. Like I, I feel like, they were here, they came to look for something to do, and if I don't steer them towards something that I know is good or fun or enjoyable for everyone, or at least you know what they're into, then I've succeeded. But if I put them in that 60 to $100 game that is awful, or even if it's a $10 game, I just feel bad. I feel like I've done a disservice to them, and I just I think that's normal. I mean, yeah, so I mean, like, I just it's a great community, great place to go, and then the the owners, as well as like the people that work there, you know. The, the, they are super helpful. Like if you ask for a type of game or a game length, or if you go in there and say, these are the ages of my kids. Um, these are some of the interests they have. Like any, any little detail that you can give them, typically they have a great suggestion that would be tailored to either your experience, your classroom, your kids, whatever it is. So this is something that you can't necessarily get from Amazon and it's well worth the uh, the price difference on that, um, and also check out some school some some stores have like times where things are go on sale. Like, and they you know ask them say, hey, I'm a teacher. Like, do you have like some time I should look out for? And they're like, yeah, there's this you know holiday season that we do this kind of promo. Um, check out if your game store has a teacher discount. Some have that. Um, so you know it's all worth checking out. Yeah, I agree with all of that. Uh, all right, so we're getting getting people into gaming. This is awesome. We're building a great list for them to check out. So far, we've discussed Ticket to Ride, Settlers of Catan, Rhino Hero, uh, Coup, and a bunch of other uh, hidden role games. Uh, are there some other ones that you'd really want to like so, put into this so, podcast here? There's so many different games that you can play, but one of the ones that I was really interested in playing uh, and hadn't played until I got to come over to your place, Michael, was uh, Isle of Sky, which I, I heard about it, I was told it was a great game, but I hadn't experienced it for myself until I played it with you. And it is a uh, fast-paced, easy-to-play game with really cool bidding mechanics, so I was really happy that I got to enjoy the game, because it's definitely one that I immediately then bought as a game store owner. I was like, I gotta have this game, because nice. anyone can play it, it's easy to get into, and the mechanics are different than a lot of the other gateway games. Yeah, I like uh, Isle of Sky. I would suggest anybody picking that one up. Uh, it's two to five players. takes less than an hour. And it is good at all of those 
numbers, which not all games, some say they're two to five, but really they're three or four player. Five, it's too long, two, it, two, it like changes the mechanic and they insert all sorts of these extra rules. Uh, Isla Sky was awesome too, to five players. I've done it all. I really enjoyed that game. Uh, who won that game? I can't remember. <laughs> it was definitely not me. I don't I think it was me either. I think it was Stephanie. I thought it was either you or Adam, but it might have been Stephanie. I don't remember. I know that I was the last. I came in dead last. I'll say if, Adam, still... if Adam was playing, then he probably won. He's very good at Isle of Sky. Um, so, so another one that like I really like, which is new, I think this past year, which is good, it was wildly different for me, is Azul because it's an abstract game. And I'm a guy, you've heard it in other podcasts I've put out, is I'm a guy that loves theme. I like to sort of escape into the theme. I'm building the castle or whatever. Azul is more or less themeless. It's just an abstract game. I mean, they try to tell you that you're like laying tile for like a mosaic or whatever, but like whatever. Like it's, you're picking up tiles and placing them. It's true. You are picking up tiles and placing them. Uh, that game has been very popular. It's a, an easy game to teach. It's an easy game to get into. Um, it's beautiful. The tiles, the the colors. I mean, it's very vibrant. Um, but it is. I mean, it's, it's probably one of the most popular games that has come out in the last year. That game is is super fantastic. Yeah, well, check check that one out. I mean, it's a fun tallying game. That's a lo- there's a lot of interaction, a lot of ah moments, uh, and it's super easy to get into. So it's another great gateway game into board gaming for you guys to have fun this summer. One that I played uh, your way. Uh, when I was down there, was King Domino. Uh, that was surprisingly awesome. I shouldn't say that, that but I like. I didn't. I didn't really like think much about it beforehand, and then we ended up playing it like three, four times that weekend. Uh, because again, it's quick, and uh, there are some like interesting, fun choices, and it's really based around the mechanic of dominoes. Uh, you know, just matching up these tiles, but they do some interesting scoring mechanics and you get to kind of like choose the tile you want in a sort of interesting way. And it just produces this kind of fun theme of building out your kingdom. Yeah. I, I, I mean, King Domino is also a very smaller portable game that can go anywhere. Uh, it's easy to get into, easy to play. Great price um, point. Oh yeah. I was like, it's got a fantastic, I think it's like a $16 game. So it's very affordable. It's not bad at all. Um, but it's a good game to teach people. I know the, local grade school board game club they play that one a lot there so they really all right unfortunately we are like sliding into the end of the podcast here so we're gonna we're gonna go on to the reflection time here and so reflection time i usually have this quote that i'm gonna like say to you this one's a little different and we're gonna process it a little different so you're gonna have to bear with me here's the quote you can tell Monopoly is an old game because there is a luxury tax and the rich people can go to jail. So uh, I like the quote uh, just kind of as a, a joke, but what I wanted to like really have that be a foray into was the conversation about old games and kind of these older mechanics. And kind of one of the reasons why I think a lot of you guys aren't into board gaming is because you, you think Monopoly, you think like, oh, like, eight hours of gameplay and it's not really that fun versus like these new ones which you do not know the new ones so like you only think about those old so i guess that's really what i wanted to have you sort of talk about 
new versus old. I, I, did, I definitely agree with you. Um, a lot of my customers, when they come in to the shop, the, the first thing they ask, you know, do you have Monopoly, especially new customers. And so I, I steer them towards some of the newer games and newer mechanics. Uh, it, it is a completely different animal, these new board games versus old board games. And a lot of the newer board games, they incorporate some of the mechanics from the older board games, but they've taken them, they've refined them, they've uh, either shortened the playtime immensely uh, from some of these games that have varied over time. I mean, Monop- I'm not going to lie, Monopoly is probably my least favorite game. It um, is my least favorite game. It is the time commitment that you put into it, and then the mechanics of how it plays. It just it feels very clunky compared to the newer gaming. And so, I always tell my students when they ask, like, when they're new to the board game club, and they're like, "Oh, do you have Monopoly? We're going to play Monopoly." And I share with them that Monopoly is a really poorly designed game because you honestly make no decisions. Like, I I joke with them that the game plays them. Because you just roll the die and you just move as far as the game told you to move because that's what the game told you. It said move four. You move four, you land on a space. You know that you should buy property. So then you just read the board that says it costs $100 to buy it. You buy it. You know, so I mean, like, you're not really making any choice. Like, it's, you're just doing whatever the board tells you. Somebody lands on your space, you look on your little chart, somebody owes you 10 bucks. Like, the game plays you. Like, I want more player interaction, I want more choice, more strategy. Uh, more fun. I definitely agree with that. Uh, and also, as I said, there isn't a whole lot of strategy to Monopoly. Like you, you are absolutely right. It is a game that kind of plays you. You just kind of sit in front of it and watch it unfold. Yeah, it's not, like... it kind of it's kind of rough being called a game because there's not much play involved. No, and like, and we all know the right strategy. Like you want to form a monopoly. There are certain properties that pay better that you'd like to buy those, but it's all out of your control. So. I can't say like, oh, Dan, you beat me because you put on better strategy. Like he got better die rolls and bought the right properties. Yeah. <laughs> which we all know what the right properties are, but yeah. have no control over buying them. No, I just got there before you did. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And, and if you mess up, like if you did pass them, you have to wait like a ton of time to get back to that property. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. like It's not like, okay, next so- time I might be able to buy green. Like next time you can buy green is going to be like 45 minutes. <laughs> if you don't go to jail if you don't go to jail dang yeah so yeah, go. these mechanics like dan said the, the mechanics that are in the new games I, I just gotta tell you if you pick up one or two of the games we mentioned you'll quickly see that it's a lot more player interaction a lot more fun a lot more strategy where you get to make decisions you're in control and these are the same sort of mechanics that excite me about applying to our course design that like when you start to put students in control of their learning. So, I mean, go have some fun this summer, play some of these games, pick up some of these games for your own house library or just your friend library. I got to, I got to also admit I have a game group that I play with. Uh, so, I mean, I have definitely played games with my daughter, but I also have a game group that, you know, we pick up games and when you kind of share that cost, like if everybody adds to their library, you definitely can have this like rich, fun game group. And, and kind of not at a huge cost. So that sort of ends it. I want to thank you, Dan, for coming on and sharing your expertise. I got to say it was a lot of fun. I hope we can do it again sometime because there are so many games to talk about. Tons of games. And I appreciate it. Thank you for letting me be on today. No problem. 
Uh, everybody, thanks for listening. And I promised you that there are two giveaways here that you got to kind of wait to the end here for. One is um, I've been gifted some tickets to Badge Summit, which is a summit that takes place the day before ISTE in Chicago on June 23rd. If you want one of those tickets, I'm going to be choosing somebody random from the tweets that you guys hopefully put out. Uh, if you want a chance to win, all you have to do is tweet out a funny reason that you should get the ticket to go to Badge Summit. Uh, and if you could, include a the hashtag wellplayed and Badge Summit hashtag. And include me in the tweet, so put at Mr. Matera, and I will be reviewing those and getting you your ticket, hopefully. And then the other fun giveaway here is Dan has volunteered to give out one lucky winner a board game that uh, he thinks would be great to start your collection or add to your collection. Um, to win that, all you got to do is uh, hashtag XPLAP and hashtag WellPlayed and put out why you want to get into gaming or your favorite gaming moment. And again, include me in those tweets and we'll be choosing a winner shortly. Thanks, everybody, for listening. It's an honor having you guys listen each and every week. I hope you enjoy your rest of your week. Take care.